Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey folks, welcome back to the show. For those of you who are watching this episode, you can see that my background is dramatically different than usual. I'm actually at our little cabin by the lake. You know, what better place on the planet but to record a podcast and a solo episode of that? Today, I'm going to be talking to you about bioregulator peptides. You know, it's perfect for me to be in nature because bioregulator peptides really do come to us from nature. And I get so many questions about them from my communities, from Instagram, from people I meet on the street who know that I talk about these. So I just thought, how cool would it be for me to spend 20 to 30 minutes elucidating you guys or giving you some information on some of the most common questions and confusion that I see in the market about these compounds. So before I get started, look, we have to thank our sponsors, right? Now, one of our sponsors happens to be me. That's right. I'm sponsoring my own episode because I invest in this podcast, because I believe in it so much, because I love it so much, and because I'm so committed to bringing you guys the best information always. So this episode is being brought to you by natnidham.com, and I invite you to visit the website to check out the Nat Recommends page, I invent, which is where I talk about a lot of the different products I've talked about on the podcast. There's links to the podcast. There's links to discount codes. If something resonates for you, that's a really great place to kind of get more information about it before you hit the buy button. I see that a lot. And also on natnidham.com is where you will find information about my upcoming women's longevity and resilience retreat. And this is going to be an amazing event, ladies. We only have room for 10 people. This is the third one of these retreats we are doing. And right, frankly, we're only doing it again. Why? Because it was such a great hit the first two times we did it. So not only are you going to get to do yoga on the beach and morning sunrise walks on the beach and eat delicious food prepared to you by for you by chefs, to stay in these beautiful little homes right on the ocean. We're also going to talk about biohacking and nutrition and supplements. And you're going to get to try a lot of biohacking tools that I will bring, that my co-host will have there in the Dominican Republic in Cabarete, which is the northeast coast of the DR. And wait, there's more. You're also going to get your biological age test done. Plus, we're going to do your genetics with using the Apiron report, my favorite. And then you and I are going to sit down and we're going to review all of these results and put them in the context of your life, what you need, and how you can proceed to improve or maintain your amazing results. I mean, we've had women come to the retreat who were so optimized and others who just needed a bit more work. So this is an opportunity for you to get insight into where you are and where you should be going and how to proceed. So that's the retreat. Then there's the Mighty Network's private community, which is a great place for us to connect. I do live Q&As in there. We do Q&As with experts. We do incredible N of one experiments offered by some of my podcast guests. We just did one on plasmologens. We did a 30-day brain reset. It was amazing. People learned so much about themselves. So that's all on the website, natidum.com. 
So the final thing about me as the sponsor is my request to you that if you get value from this episode and any episode of the podcast, and you know anyone who will also get benefit from it, please make sure to share it out with your friends and family and networks. And also, if you're feeling exceptionally inspired and you have a second, if you would leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on, that would be massively helpful in helping the podcast to continue to climb the ranks. I mean, we'll, we're well in the top 50 podcasts in the U.S. in the nutrition category, and we keep getting going higher and higher. And that is thanks to you guys. So thank you so much for being here. I completely appreciate you guys. That's it for my piece of sponsorship. But we do have another sponsor for this episode. And this is a new sponsor. So don't leave. This is a brand new sponsor to the podcast. I am so excited to have these guys as a sponsor because this is a device that I have been using myself for the last couple of months. And I am so blown away by it. So look, so many of us, we get told meditate, breath work, um, do this, do that. And it is so hard to for so many people to sit and meditate and to sit and do breath work. This is a device called the Sensate. And it's this beautiful black pebble. It kind of, it's about the size of the palm of your hand. You place it on your chest and it reverberates and it thumps and it does all these beautiful things. And it does this in sync with musical tracks that you play off an app on your phone. And the result of this, you do it for about 10 minutes at different times of day, there's different tracks for different applications. So whether you're looking for stress relief or you're looking for energy or you're looking for better sleep, you pick different tracks. One of my favorite, favorite ones is the Sound Bowls and Chanting. I just love that track. And the soundscape is just beautiful. And so I will put my Sensate on my chest as I'm going to sleep. I'll play the track. It's about, I believe it's about a 10 minute track. Maybe it's 20 minutes. I don't fully exactly remember, but whatever it is, it's magic and it's beautiful. And then you just drift to sleep. And what do we see down the road? We see better quality sleep. We see better heart rate variability. We see an improvement in stress resilience over time. So if you can get your head around doing one or two of these sessions a day, and in some cases you might do more, it's just this beautiful way to relax and to let go of the tension. So if this sounds like something you might want to get your hands on, there's no risk to you because if you don't love it, you can always return it. But all you have to do is go to getsensate.com and use code NAT to get 10% off your Sensate. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Now, let's get into bioregulator peptides. What is up with bioregulator peptides? One of the biggest questions people ask me, but not like, aren't they just peptides? How are they different from the other peptides that I know, the BPC-157s, the thymus and beta-4s. So I covered quite a lot of this in the last solo episode I did about a month ago. So you can always go back to that. But very, very quickly, I will just say that bioregulator peptides are always only two to four amino acids long. That's it. The other qualifier about a bioregulator peptide is that it penetrates the cellular membrane, it penetrates the nuclear membrane, and it binds to DNA. A bioregulator peptide is an epigenetic switch. This is how it works. It doesn't work by stimulating receptors on the cell. It works by going, honing in on your DNA and upregulating the production of proteins. 
Now, why is this important? Why is this a benefit to you? Well, producing proteins is ultimately how our body makes what it needs. And in this case, the proteins we're producing are specific to to specific tissues, glands, and organs. So we have bioregulator peptides for 21 different tissues, glands, and organs and organ systems. And when we use that particular bioregulator, it helps to rejuvenate that organ. So imagine if you had a set of tires on your car and the tread was wearing thin. Well, imagine if you had a tool that can help to regenerate some of that tread. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, it turns out that we have that tool at our disposal in bioregulator peptides. Now, where do they come from? You say, why would I need to supplement with bioregulator peptides? That is a brilliant question. It's such a good question. So here's the thing about bioregulators. We make them in our body, right? You right now are making bioregulator peptides in your body. The thing is that as we age, like so many other things, we don't make as many bioregulators. So we're not able to recover and repair, if you will, as efficiently as we used to when we're young. And frankly, you don't need me to tell you that. If you have any young children in your world, as long as they're healthy, you can see that they recover and repair so much faster than we ever could, right? Another question that I get is, where do these come from? Who figured this out? Is there any research? Are they safe? These are, again, brilliant questions. So they were discovered by a professor, researcher, doctor in Russia, whose name is Vladimir Kavinson. And Vladimir Kavinson was a young general or corporal, I can't remember his actual rank, but he was a young guy in the Russian army. And his superiors came to him and said, look, we need to figure out a way to help our soldiers recover when they're coming back from missions at sea in nuclear submarines because their health is being destroyed because they're not properly shielded. But remember, this is 40 years ago. We need to do something for our astronauts who we're sending out into space and they're coming back aged beyond their years. We need strategies for different types of warfare that might come our way that could damage. They were particularly worried about eyes that could damage the eyes of our soldiers. So young Kevinson, here's a checkbook. It's You'll notice there's nothing written in there. So we're funding you. We've got lots and lots of animals. We'll, we will put everything at your disposal, the labs, the test animals, and eventually once you're ready, the human subjects to test out your products on and decide what makes it to market and what doesn't. And so Professor Kavinson has no fewer than 40 years of research behind these bioregulator peptides. And I have to tell you, it's really interesting stuff. So Professor Kavinson, as a result of his work on bioregulator peptides, developed a theory of aging. Now, you guys all have heard of the hallmarks of aging, right? There are now 12 hallmarks of aging, 12 reasons that happen at a cellular level, kind of dysfunctions that happen that cause the human body to age. So things like misfolded proteins, things like impaired autophagy and mitophagy. Some of the new ones are inflammation, like chronic inflammation, inflammaging, damage to the microbiome, you know, like I said, there's 12 of them. There's a whole lot of them and you can look them up. You could just Google 12 hallmarks of aging and they will come up. But the thing that you won't find is Kavinson's theory of aging and that is the peptide theory of aging. And the peptide theory of aging says that one of the reasons why we age as a species and die maybe prematurely than we should is because we stop making these bioregulator peptides. And so therefore the body loses its ability to rejuvenate and refresh itself adding insult to injury, 
is we have developed all these drugs, which is not insult to injury. I mean, look, drugs do a lot of good things for people. But unfortunately, if you had a way to repair something instead of using a drug that may have side effects and then require another drug for the side effects and so on and so forth, how much better would that be? So he said about isolating these bioregulator peptides. So the next question we get is, okay, we make them in our bodies, but where else can we get them from? Well, we can get them from our food. So these sequences of amino acids, so these, like I said, remember at the beginning, I said two to four amino acids. So every bioregulator peptide is either two, three, or four amino acids long. So these are the tiniest of the tiny proteins. And so every one of these amino acid chains is recognized by the body and essentially gets a buy. It essentially is able to cross the, mem the, the endothelium in the gut and get into the bloodstream to do the work. So one of the cool things about, a, and about bioregulator peptides, there's many cool things, but one of the very cool things about bioregulator peptides is that they are bioavailable orally. We can take them as an oral supplement. And I'm gonna talk about the different forms of bioregulators in a minute, but this for me was a really interesting idea, right? How interesting is it that potentially one of the most powerful healthy aging tools at our disposal might come to us direct from mother nature, right? Like, isn't that cool? I think that's cool. I mean, maybe you need to be a geek like me to think it's cool, but if you're listening to this, there's probably a really good chance you're a geek like me. So I'm gonna go with that theory, <laughs> right? All right, so they come to us from food. So what food specifically would be the highest in bioregulator peptides? Well, Professor Kavinson figured out that animal foods, so basically tissues, glands, and organs from mammals in particular, and they tend to use beef, like young cows that are grown under very specific conditions. When you take extracts from these tissues, glands, and organs, you can isolate the bioregulator peptides. And very often you're also capturing some of the cofactors that are needed. Now, is this sounding familiar to any of you? Any of you guys who are practitioners or who've dug deep into their own health issues would now be sitting there thinking, wait, that sounds a lot like desiccated organs to me. That sounds a lot like desiccated adrenal gland or desiccated thyroid gland. And you would actually be right, okay? So those desiccated supplements, those um, organ extracts, if you will, those will all have some degree of bioregulator peptides in them. But at the end of the day, it also has to do with all of the cofactors that are also included. And what Professor Kavinson figured out was how to purify and extract the bioregulator peptides and the um, cofactors that specific cofactors that he wanted that would produce a supplement that is actually modulatory to the body. So what does that mean, right? Because we know that if we give desiccated thyroid supplement to someone who is hyperthyroid, we risk running them into overdrive. We risk actually making things worse. But when it comes to the thyroid bioregulator, we can use the thyroid bioregulator for people with thyroid issues. And whether they're hyper or hypothyroid, it's going to normalize the thyroid function. Right? Mind blown. How cool is that? Now, sometimes when we have someone whose thyroid is very, very imbalanced, and they're an individual who's very, very sensitive, then we have to start slower with them. Sometimes they can only start with like a tiny dose, and they have to build up very gradually. But almost always, this is the safest supplement you can imagine. So are we with you still with me? So tissues, glands, and organs, extract, 
oral bioregulators. Now, where else can you get oral bioregulators, do you think? Well, think about it. If you ate organs, animal organs, you would also be accessing some of these bioregulator peptides. Could this be why organ mates are so healthy for us? Could this be why so many of these organ supplements are so good for us? Why, when you go on the Ancestral Supplements website or Heart and Soil website, you hear, you read about people who have miraculous recovery from different health issues. Could it be that they're also accessing bioregulator peptides? And I would say 100%. I can't imagine that it wouldn't be. That being said, you're not going to get the same concentration in those organ meats as you would in the supplements. Having said that, for some people, that might be enough. So we have our hierarchy, right? Number one, if you're willing to eat organ meats and if you have access to them and you have access to well-raised, well-treated, ethically sourced, the whole nine yards, animal organs, and you're willing to eat them, then that would be a great way to improve your health, right? Second one is using one of these organ supplements. There's beef organ supplements. There's There's a huge range now. They've taken extracts from all different organs, many of which we wouldn't or wouldn't want to eat or you can't access. The other beauty of these organ supplements, I think, is that we're finally making use of the whole animal. I mean, look, guys, I know that, you know, killing animals for food can be a very touchy subject for people. But one of the things that I'm very committed to is if we're going to use animal products for our health, and for our well-being, then not, number one, they have to be ethically raised. Number two, they have to be well-treated. And number three, we need to use the whole animal. We do not want to waste anything, right? So this is another opportunity. So we've got our eating organ meats. We've got our organ supplements. And then moving up the ladder, we have our bioregulator peptides. Okay. Now, when we get to bioregulator peptides, there are three different forms of bioregulator peptides that you can use. That's right, three. And this has caused massive confusion in the market. The first form is what Professor Cavinson used in his infamous studies on elderly people where he showed that using only one or two bioregulator peptides for a couple of years allowed people to stay, elderly people to stay healthier and live longer than the exact same group of, well, not the exact same because they weren't clones, but then compared to their control group of the same age people who were given polyvitamins. In all those studies that he did, the group that got the bioregulator peptides, and they only got them for a couple of years, lived longer and were healthier. But what's the form of bioregulator peptide that he gave them? This is where the confusion lies. He was using the extract from the tissue gland or organ that is actually prepared for intramuscular injection. And the dosage for that is 10 milligrams per dose. We cannot, for by and large, we cannot access these in North America. They are mostly sold in Russia. There is one vendor who sells a few of them, and the vendors will be in the caption below. This um, It'll be in the show notes. I'll put all the vendors there that I trust and know. There is one vendor that carries a couple of these bioregulators, but for the most part, the epithalamin, which is the pineal gland bioregulator, but epithalamin is the actual extract from the pineal gland that has been made into a preparation. This is kind of Russian speak. They use the word preparation that is appropriate for intramuscular use. And epithalamin, the dose is 10 milligrams per injection. That's number one. 
The second form of bioregulator peptide that is very well known are oral bioregulators. So these are the bioregulators made into capsules. So these are kind of similar to those desiccated organs that we talked about earlier, but they're not exactly the same because the process that they use isolates very specific compounds in addition to the bioregulator peptide, and then it's encapsulated. Those, again, the dose is about 10 milligrams of the bioregulator peptide in that oral dose. Okay, so people will use those as oral capsules. They're not quite as strong as the injectables, but they a lot of research happens using these bioregulator peptides. The third version of bioregulator peptide is synthetic. So this is where the actual two to four amino acid chain has been isolated and identified. And usually what they'll do is they'll pick the one that is the most effective because usually in that organ extract, there's probably more than one. There's probably a complex, but they find that one, they have figured out that one sequence that is the most impactful. And that sequence is that form of the bioregulator can be taken as a sublingual spray it can be used as a subcutaneous injection. So that's where you, we would use an insulin needle. And there are also companies now that are using those, that are creating products where we could rub them on our skin and absorb them. I'm a little less enthusiastic about the transdermal because typically transdermal, we need more, like it's got to get through the skin. The sublingual, I think, is fantastic because it's going to get straight into the bloodstream. Same with subcutaneous injections. Um, but in that case, the dosage here, and this is where all the confusion is, a lot of people running around saying it's 10 milligrams a day, five milligrams a day, the whole nine yards. The dosage there for just balancing the system, someone who doesn't really have any issues, someone who just wants to do a round to support their bodies is 100 micrograms. Now, 100 micrograms is one-tenth of a milligram. It's tiny. Having said that, if people are using the bioregulators to try and work and correct an imbalance, they might decide to use 500 micrograms or one milligram. So they might go a lot higher in dose. The interesting thing about these bioregulators, like I said before, is they're very, very safe and we virtually never see a negative reaction. The only thing I've seen is occasionally in people who are very ill or people who are extremely sensitive they might have a little bit of a reaction to it. So in that case, we have to back down. We have to reduce the dose. We have to reduce the frequency of, of administering the bioregulator and allow their body to kind of catch up. Okay, so are we square? That's synthetic, right? Which is tiny dosage, either 100 micrograms up to one milligram a day. We have the oral bioregulator, which is 10 milligrams in capsules. And then we have the injectable extract from the gland, which is not readily available in North America, that is injected intramuscularly by a practitioner at 10 milligrams a day. All right. So what's the big deal with bioregulators? Now, what are some of the organ systems that bioregulators address and how can it help improve people's health? So here's the thing. Here are some of the 21 bioregulators available. And I'm going to figure out a way on my website to make available to people who sign up for my newsletter, I'm going to make available a table that I created that lists all 21 bioregulators. There are many different names. And let me tell you, the names are not easy. <laughs> They're all crazy names and roughly what they can be used for. And that's going to be a table that you'll be able to download. So there are 21 bioregulators. 
amongst them, and some of the most well-known, is the pineal gland bioregulator. This is called epitalon. There's also pinealon, which you would think was to be the pineal gland bioregulator, but it's not. It's actually the synthetic version of the central nervous system bioregulator. Then we have the blood vessel bioregulator. We have the heart bioregulator. We have one for the liver, for the pancreas, for the kidneys. Like I said before, the thyroid gland, the adrenal glands, the ovaries, the testes, the prostate, bone marrow, muscle, cartilage, so many of these bioregulators, right? How exciting. They're bioregulators for the eyes. Um, there's some really interesting research and work that gets done at the St. Petersburg Institute of Gerontology and Bioregulation. And they have actually developed protocols using bioregulators and other compounds. And this is a very important point, but they've developed protocols where they're able to address crazy eye conditions. For example, retinitis pigmentosa. This is a genetic condition where a person loses their vision gradually in their lifetime and there is no cure. There's no way to stop this. However, at the St. Petersburg Institute, Professor Kavinson and um, Dr. Profimova have developed protocols that actually have either stopped and or in some cases reversed this condition in certain people. It's actually mind-blowing, right? But if you think about it, if you think about what these bioregulators might be able to do for us, it is it kind of makes sense. Okay, so I've named a lot of the organ systems. What is the bioregulator going to do? And can it do it by itself? And can you just throw away all your medications, start taking bioregulators, and be 100% healthy for the rest of your life? Okay, number one, no. <laughs> number two, bioregulators, when we have an imbalance in our body, Bioregulators can assist, but they generally, generally, depending on the person and their state of health and their age and the whole nine yards, very often they won't be able to do all the heavy lifting by themselves. Very often bioregulators, and if we read the research, bioregulators are often used in conjunction with conventional therapy, which is super interesting, right? Um, for example, there are immune bioregulators that are were used in Russian studies to treat people who had already had radiation and chemotherapy. We know that radiation and chemotherapy can really trash the immune system. Well, they were able to use some of these bioregulators to try and restore function to the immune system after treatment. Oh, that reminds me, I forgot a major bioregulator. That's the thymus bioregulator right? So the thymus gland, the seed of our immunity, which involutes as we age. So imagine if we could actually help to rejuvenate that thymus gland. So the next question you're going to ask me is, okay, great. This is awesome. How do, how do people use it? Like how often does this mean I have to be on this stuff 365 days a year? The answer to that is no. The way that the bioregulators work is that they stimulate production and repair, but they don't need to be used indefinitely. They fall into the category of things that are best used for the human body in pulses. So very often when we're trying to help someone who has a therapeutic issue, so they have an imbalance in their system, we might start with a bioregulator run of 30 days. And then we might move to 10 days a month for the next few months until we start things starting to shift. In some cases, they will do two runs of 30 days in a row. There's really a lot of art to this science. And so the good news, and this is really good news, is that there are an increasing number of physicians, 
and therapists and practitioners of all walks of life that are really getting curious about these bioregulators and that are starting to implement them into their protocols. And this is where we're going to learn so much more about how they can be used and what they can be used for. So, you know, I'm pretty passionate about this. This is the topic that I talk about at so many of the events that I go to. As a matter of fact, this coming June, on if you happen to be in the UK, if you happen to be in London, I'm going to be speaking at the Health Optimization Summit on Saturday, June 16th at 4.30, and I'm doing a 20-minute kind of TED Talk-style presentation on bioregulator peptides. So if you happen to be going to that summit, definitely look me up and definitely come see me. And I think I'm going to stop here for today because I promised my team I'd keep this to half an hour. I'm pretty sure I've gone over half an hour. But what I'm going to invite you all to do is to send me your questions, okay? Post your questions in the comments um, below this podcast. If you're seeing the reel on Instagram, you can post there. You can, of course, join my Mighty Networks community. Um, and I do live Q&As there almost every week. If it's not me, then it's, like I said, it's an expert. And then um, you can also find me on Facebook. I'm not as active on Facebook these days, but... Definitely the the Optimizing Superhuman Performance Group is an amazing community and it is huge and it's free. So for those of you guys who can't manage a paid community like Mighty Networks, it gives you an option and there's lots and lots of people there. That's about it. So once again, I'm going to remind you, natnidham.com, that's where you're going to find all the information about all the things that I'm doing. Thank you so much for being here. Please send me your questions because I'm going to be doing more of these solo episodes and I would love to be able to answer the questions that you have. All right. Thanks so much for showing up. Thanks for sticking with me. Make sure you leave us a review and have an amazing, amazing weekend. If you're listening to this on the Friday that it releases, if not, have an amazing day, evening, whatever. Signing off, Natalie Nidham. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly or if you'd like to leave any comments or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application, just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.